some point today, probably at about, oh, noon or so, Mike Tomlin's going to acknowledge what's gone wrong lately. He's going to accept and embrace the challenge that is before this group of men. And I have no idea what it's going to mean. I really don't. Now, less than at any point in the season. Good morning to you. Good Tuesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Steelers. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into hockey and or baseball. I also offer up Daily Shots of Penguins and Pirates where you found this. The Steelers will fly out to L.A. this weekend to take on the Chargers. And even though the Bolts haven't been very good of late, losing three of their last four, losing to the Vikings over the weekend, really inconsistent, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, But even Justin Herbert, who everybody was singing about earlier on this year, has cooled off. You still have to see the Chargers as significant favorites. You really do. I, I'm not saying this to try to, uh, you know, stoke a reaction or something. I, I'm not exactly the hot takes type. I'm just telling you whatever it is that I think. It's honest. Ideally, it's something that's informed because I'm covering all three of Pittsburgh's teams all year long. So I'm not trying to tick you off or get some kind of uh, reaction from you. Whoa, did you hear what he said? It's not that. It's not that. I have been legitimately deflated. My balloon's been popped when it comes to this team and this season. I do not say such a thing lightly or casually or for effect. I tried reasonably hard. And when I say reasonably, I mean it's not really my job to be optimistic or pessimistic, at least not early in the process. It's to get a feel. It's to try to gauge what it is that you have there. What kind of team are you covering? What kind of individuals are they? How are they coming together? How are they progressing? Are they progressing? Maybe they're actually regressing. Right now, that's what I see. That's what I see. This football team, right now, even if you set aside injuries, illnesses, ailments, COVID lists, whatever, even if you set all that stuff aside, this team is not as good as the one that went into Orchard Park and beat the Bills. And I can say that with real conviction. No jabs, no cheap shots. I can say that that defense in particular that went in there that day and shut down Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs and Cole Beasley and that whole offense, that group isn't at all the same 
as what we saw that day and, for that matter, what we perceived as their potential for the remainder of this season. Heck, it was Josh Allen himself who told Buffalo area reporters on the other side of the stadium, I was with the Pittsburgh side, that he fully expected the Steelers to remain a team that would be impressing people all year long, that there was no shame at all in the Bills losing to that team because of that defense and all it's done since then, with the exception of Cam Hayward and T.J. Watt, is go backward. And that's that's a tough foundation upon which to build faith because the defense was always where this had to start. This portion of Daily Shot of Steelers is brought to you by Point Park University. Choose from nearly 100 career-focused programs leading to bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees. Choose when and how you'd prefer to do that studying, whether it's at Point Park's gorgeous downtown Pittsburgh campus, whether it's online, maybe a flexible hybrid format would work best for you. Learn more at pointpark.edu. We have learned more about this football team as the weeks have gone by. Sure, we've seen some results. We've seen a lot of guttiness and grit and to continue my Tomlin-esque assault of verbiage here, we've also seen them smile in the face of adversity. That's really been number one, by the way, this year with him. Smile in the face of adversity. Here's another idea. Don't have so much damned adversity. You know? Play better football. Or, if you aren't, find better football players within reason. Because I, I, I could look at Devin Bush right now. And I know he's you know, the guy that everybody's piling on right now, and I don't mean to do that. But he was awful. He was embarrassing. And I'm not just talking about his performance. I'm not even talking about what are his... You know, physical shortcomings, meaning not he's not that big a dude. Or whatever effects the knee surgery is still having on his ability to roam the field. I'm talking about effort. Effort. I've watched this game now one full time on video in addition to having covered it live. And I got to tell you, the film isn't very kind to 55. He's gone backward. He's gone backward. Minka Fitzpatrick, who ended up on the COVID list yesterday, has become just another dude. If somebody had told you five, six weeks ago the Steelers were going to have a game without Minka, you'd be, oh, no. And now you're thinking, okay. Who else on this roster is going to come up with some routine tackles in the secondary? Not that that's all safety does, but Minka's supposed to be special. Minka's supposed to be pulling in takeaways. His next in the 2021 season will be his first. He's regressed. On offense, I never know what to say about the offensive line. 
they, they looked like they were making some kind of gradual climb around the time of the Cleveland game. And it's gone backward since then. It's just, it doesn't look like it's a particularly good group. The things that are happening to Kendrick Green in particular don't look easily solvable. I don't want to bury a rookie, but when you're getting pancaked, and it's in part because you lack leverage, you lack size that's needed for the position, and strength that's needed for the position, those aren't things that just, you know, snap out of slumps. You know, those are fatal flaws. Lines regressed. Where is the the cup being half full in this scenario? What is it? Tell me. What am I missing? What am I missing? If I'm wrong here, if I'm overstating this, if I'm being too much of a downer, tell me. What is it? That the quarterback play is suddenly going to be great? That the wide receivers are going to suddenly... Uh, begin making significant plays, splash plays, something that they haven't done all season, that Najee Harris is good as he's been, as reliable as he's been, will be able to have enough around him for the running game to do something other than slam its forehead against a cement wall 30 times a game to churn out 75, 80 yards What's going to cure itself on the defensive side? Do we think that Isaiah Bugs and Chris Wormley are suddenly going to become stout run stoppers? Do we think that Joe Schobert and Bush are going to begin tackling people in the middle of the line? Sorry, that one actually makes me laugh out loud. Do we think that the secondary is suddenly going to start getting greedy? No, I don't. I don't. I don't. Show me enough of something, and I'll start to believe it. That's where I am right now with this team. Show me. Show me one way or the other. But I, I don't see any reason to think, oh, yeah, this is this is it. Sunday night in L.A., this is, this is all going to turn around. Script will be flipped here. No. Nothing that Tomlin says today or anybody says all week long is going to change that. When we come back, just one question. Just one question. And today's comes from Dan Starcheski, who asks, how many more games does Matt Canada get before the Steelers determine that this isn't working? On the surface, it seems like it's not really at all a personnel problem. I was very excited for him, but he has one impressive Eric Ebron end around on his Steelers resume, and that's it. I'm I'm not laughing at you, Dan. I'm laughing with you. That was a pretty good line. Uh, the Matt Canada tenure won't end after one season unless there are massive and wholesale changes to the coaching staff, which also won't happen. Canada was brought in to be a quarterback's coach, did that, 
for a year, and now he's been elevated to coordinator. You would presume that there was a significant interview process that went into the promotion, that it wasn't just, hey, you know, this guy over here, he did all right. Okay, cool, him. You'd hope that there was more that went into it. You'd also understand that any coordinator is probably going to get a new lease on life with a new quarterback because you know those really are just so closely intertwined. But I'll tell you one thing that really counts as a strike against Canada for me. Maybe the biggest strike I've seen so far. And it's this. Mason Rudolph came out in that first series and threw the ball downfield. And he's always been comfortable doing that. Arguably, from appearances, more comfortable doing that than throwing some of the uh, more in-tight, touch-type passes. He had very little touch Sunday against the Lions. Threw too hard when he should have thrown soft. Threw really soft on sideline routes. There was a lot to dislike. But one thing that I'm not going to hold against Rudolph, and I'm going to look squarely at Canada, and not just that ridiculous first and goal at the five sequence, although that alone, that alone should be enough to bury his grade for the day, meaning Canada's. What I really didn't like was that everyone in the stadium saw Rudolph throwing the ball downfield and looking good doing it. Everyone except the coordinator because the Steelers came out the second drive and then their third drive and the fourth drive with all this standard sideways garbage. All this living in one's fears that you're used to seeing, that you got used to seeing all year long with Ben. And I'm not going to lie here, Dan. I, I There was a part of me that thought, yeah, what's the coordinator going to do, though, if the quarterback can't get it downfield or if he can't uh, move out of the pocket, roll out like we saw Mason doing? What's the coordinator going to do? He has no choice but to call this Silly, stupid, sideways stuff. But there he was, Canada, presented with the golden opportunity to show everybody, hey, it wasn't me. It was the 39-year-old. And he didn't do that. He didn't do that. Mike Tomlin was asked after the game how much of a difference was made by the coaches to the Steelers' game plan once they knew that Ben was going to be out and Mason was going to be in, and Tomlin answered it just like this, none, none at all. Really? I mean, I understand you're not going to redraw the playbook, but I also understand you can kind of get together and say, 
hey, this quarterback's a little different than that one, and the Lions just spent the entire week preparing for Ben. Can we try something a little different here? So either Tomlin's lying or wow. Wow. I don't know what to tell you, Dan. He's not getting fired, but it sure sounds like you and I are on the same page about the job he's done to date. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Steelers. Let's do another one tomorrow. Tomorrow.